Upon receiving a cancer diagnosis, the patient typically faces many challenges, including feeling confused, overwhelmed, and alone. All of them are emotionally draining. The gaps between the guidance, emotional support, and education that is needed and what one actually receives can be huge. This podcast fills those gaps. My name is Talia Dendi, and this is Navigating Cancer Together. Welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. My name is Talea Dendi, and today I have two amazing guests with me. The first gentleman is James Mannion, and the second gentleman is Harry Thomas. They are the hosts of Lads Talk Health. They are two friends that worked with each other for 12 years ago. They have always stayed in contact and in 2020 reconnected and are now loving life and helping others. They are both life coaches and do lots of work with people who have terminal illnesses, relationships, parenting, and child development. They are also on amazing spiritual journeys. Their aim is to have real conversations, talking about everything health. Welcome James and Harry. So glad to have you. Thank you very much, Talia. Thank you, thank you. You know, gentlemen, why don't you start off by telling the audience a little bit about yourself? And James, we can start with you if that's okay. Okay, so um, I'm going to bullet point these because uh, (laughs) there'll be some bits that maybe have a bit of shock value, but it will make sense as this discussion goes on. So basically, I was brought up into a very, um, my name is James Mannion. I was brought up into a very um, strict Christian household. which very much dictated the way my childhood uh, went. Uh, unfortunately, due to, um, long story short, uh, I ended up getting sexually abused as a child, which was indirect due to a, a connection through the church. That led to, um, I never dealt with it, never told my mum and dad, never told anybody, actually at the time, um, held it in, which I now know was the worst thing I could have done. But anyway, that led to a very... Um, confusing teenage years I got involved in selling drugs I ended up um, going to I went I ended up going to prison but beforehand I actually went on the run from what I did for a couple of years then came back to England went to prison um, studied in prison uh, became a personal trainer started to get my head together to somewhat uh, as I thought at the time a bit but was still a child at 21 22 years old um, after three years in prison I came out uh, started working as a personal trainer in the gyms, met my lovely mate, Harry Thomas, um, was still very much battling these, the clear spiritual signs that uh, 
I developed through the abuse. Um, it's like a detachment mechanism that I dismissed for years because I didn't want to accept it. So, but I was still getting these signs, but just sort of turning my back on them at that point. Actually, got involved again um, in in dealing drugs. Funnily enough, ended up shooting off to Greece this time uh, with uh, my now wife of uh, beautiful wife, and I got two kids. But at the time, I only knew her a month, and I said. To Look, I'm really sorry, but I've got to leave the country. She mm-hmm. came with me. I ended up starting up a, a business in Greece, uh, the business out there, travel agency. Um, whilst we was out there, we uh, unfortunately lost a son, which was another sort of real traumatic event that brought everything back crashing down. Um, and yeah, it was at that point we came back to England. I was feeling quite broken, and which is where I actually reached out and um, well, actually missing the part came back to England, never dealt, I never actually grieved losing my child either um, until many years later, because I, again, just couldn't deal with, with the pain, but um, started working with people with cancer, which started off with a very personal journey, then started working with more and more people with cancer, getting incredible results, but it actually broke me because of the emotional and energetic drain that I wasn't, had no skill set to deal with, and that's where I reconnected with my lovely mate, Harry Thomas, who prior in our friendship was the younger brother to me if you like looked up to me when I was managing in the gym and then all these years later I reached out to him totally broken and I had to watch my ego dissipate while I begged him to coach me into in back into normality over to you Hazza wow that's that's a very interesting story and talking about living (laughs) you have lived and you have faced a lot of challenges and We'll learn about that more later. Um, Harry, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So my name's Harry, uh, originally from London. I'm currently out in Brazil at the moment. Uh, Stories slightly differently, um, but as it went on, there was a lot more similarities. So I started off as a a keen sports person, just enjoyed living. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I did a sports course at college and at the end of it, got offered a personal trainer qualification. Uh, Quite quickly, I I got some advice to become the best personal trainer was to go into central London and and start a a career out there. Didn't really know too much. I was about 19, 20 at the time, working in a local gym, but that's when I I met James. So James was uh, more of a senior figurehead within the club and, and I was looking up to him. We'd play regular squash games, and then James saw it inside of me back then. So it was weekend time, was just go and drink and have a good time. I then found a bit more maturity. I met my business partner within this gym and we were both the new lads. And quite quickly, we just come up with the idea of setting up our own facility. So in 2009, uh, just turned 21, I, I set up uh, the company called Number One Fitness. And my whole life went in a completely different direction. At the time I thought, oh, I've got a gym just a young lad got a gym but didn't really realize that that was going to be my whole life and the whole journey starting from there um quite quickly we, we were doing very well added as we went along no investment at all and it was actually it felt quite easy we had advice from a business coach and he, he gave us the kind of blueprint of running a company have the processes in place and things will go the way you want it to uh, we set up a second studio and, and then uh, I thought it was very easy. I set up two side businesses. 
And that's when uh, my life started going in a completely different direction. I got done for uh, fraud quite heavily on one of the businesses. I also kind of lost the plot a tiny bit and let someone else run my other side business. And at that period, he was stealing a lot of money from me. And over that time, I just kept ignoring it. At the weekends, I was going out very hard and partying, drinking, drugs. And looking back, it was me hiding from the stresses that I just wasn't dealing with. And over that period, they just built up and up. I was waking up with anxiety all the time, blaming my business partner that work was stressful, but really it was me not dealing with my problems to the point where we went to a uh, school reunion slash wedding in Cyprus. So all my friends from school that I hadn't seen for a while had a full on breakdown in front of all of them, started crying, didn't know why I was crying. Um, I come back um, at the same time, we set up a fitness academy. So we were then teaching people to become personal trainers. So I was living two lives. I was at one point looking after people, working with people, focusing on their health. And the other time I'm doing the complete opposite to what I'm instructing people to do. So it was two different identities. Um, fast forward that, I, I started getting a bit more focused with the, the business side and focusing just on the gyms as, as I was taking on too much but still uh, drinking at the weekends. And I got myself in a bit of trouble. I, I got arrested three times. And the last time on a stag do, which I didn't actually want to go to because I'd been in trouble previously. And just looking at my life, I, I've never been a naughty boy. I've always been well behaved. But I just got myself wrong place, wrong time. But I got myself in Tenerife for 40 hours. And I remember just, I woke up in my swimming shorts. I don't remember how I got in there. And I just remember staring at the cell with the, the guy opposite me just pissing or urinating in my cell. And I, I remember saying, what am I doing in my life? I've got no control right now. I come back and my mum, being uh, a parent that worries, she said, I'm going to put you on a mindfulness course. I didn't know what mindfulness was. I just remember turning up and there was this long haired hippie guy with no shoes on. <laughs> and uh, we were sitting in the room in a circle and he made me hold a prune smell the prune be present with the prune and I'm like it's a prune and at the end of the session the meditation I remember not going oh my god I, I felt something on my leg I got this experience it's like no you were snoring and I just had to grab your foot to wake you up <laughs> but what that yeah, the thing that I really took from that was what present was. And I wasn't being present at all. I spent the whole session just fidgeting the whole time, worrying about things. And I didn't remember any of it. And I remember thinking, wow, I go into education workshops. I don't remember. I go on a date. And I don't remember the conversation. I just forgot. And that was the, the start of my journey. And I then got a life coach. I started seeing the benefits quite quickly uh, with an amazing guy called Ali. And then I started my life coaching career. So I'm, I'm running my business and also doing life coaching on the side. I'll, I'll continue at the moment because it just leads on to where we are uh, right now. Um, I had a real passion coming off the phone of my life coaching sessions, like loving it and working with all sorts of people at the time and, and learning my craft and learning more about life myself. Uh, I then realized that period that my business wasn't my passion anymore it'd been 12 years or 11 years at the time and I didn't have the drive that I used to and then James appeared back in my life again and again we talk about spirituality and uh, synchronicity 
looking back, there was so many things that were pulling us together and the conversations we were sharing over the years. And that's where it's kind of led us to at this point. Wow, two amazing stories. And the whole time, even when I first had my first conversation with you guys, I said, this is fate. This is what fate looks like. It was meant for you two to meet and to be in each other's lives. And I am so excited to have men on who are willing to be open and honest and just talk about different things that they've been through, their experiences, their challenges, all of those things. And so I love the work that you guys are doing. And it's very important for other men to know about you guys and hear you guys and see you guys um, to make sure that they understand that you guys are out there. They can come to you to talk to you if they don't feel comfortable talking to anyone else. So thank you so much for the work that you do. And I want to start off by asking, um, how did your, your journey with cancer gets started? I know, James, this question is more for you, but Harry, please feel free to chime in if you have some, um, something to add to this as well. Well, it will beautifully segue straight into you, Harry, because it's the beautiful thing about truth. It is once you experience in truth, truth always stays the same. So our story is always going to be the same. Uh, and Harry, you'll know exactly when to come in because it's the same story. <laughs> so basically, um, eight years ago, um, so I, I, I've, I hadn't experienced cancer before. I was, it wasn't, cancer wasn't in my family. I come from a very much work in, in England, uh, the way I sound. Uh, I come from a very Islamic <laughs> background. It's a Cockney upbringing, which is a very traditional um, sort of good upbringing, like respect your elders, respect your family, like a very community upbringing, but it's very poor, poor upbringing. So, and, uh, you know, not necessarily very academic, um, especially around medicine, because there was no doctors came out of my family or, or, or whatnot. So basically, my point is, I had absolutely no idea about the medicinal world. I did know about a little bit about biology because of my experience as a personal trainer, but that was as far as it went. Now, what happened was, is um, my uncle, who uh, is like a hub, is like the nicest human soul on the planet. And everyone's got my uncle Laurie. Everyone's got an uncle Laurie in their family. Everyone, like they, no one beefs with them. They're the one that squashes everything. That you know, they just bring the best out of every situation. Uh, and just to sort of give credence to this guy, um, he had a, a heart attack in his fifties in his kitchen and sat there whilst the, waiting for the ambulance, not complaining. And when the ambulance turned up, he said, you realize you're having a severe heart attack? And he said, no, he's just that sort of a cat. He just doesn't moan. So anyway, he didn't tell the fam that he had um, a type of cancer initially. Uh, he, he started using mainstream methods. I went down that route, didn't work out. He reached out, he's like, James, look, I'm thinking of trying an alternative method. Now, um, I was just like, again, completely ill-educated, but it just shows you how how ignorantly arrogant we can be with our so-called knowing. Would you, I was like, you must be crazy. You can't do that. You've got to do what, what they're telling you. But then I'm not really listening to what he's telling me because what the hospital are telling him is they're going to zap the life out of him again with these lasers, which are going to damage him and not actually give him that much time regardless. Um, so I thought, okay. And, and it was interesting for me to see my uncle, who's always been this pinnacle of strength and and 
love and I looked to him to see him sort of desperate it really shook me so I thought okay I'll I'll start looking into it with you because fortunately although I wasn't into medicinal stuff at that point as Harry will testify to because our journey starts before this what we were into for many years funny enough since 9-11 was alternative ways of looking at media let's just say that okay so I was always I've been quite obsessive in my study and what I was looking into at the time so it was just a case of shifting my efforts over to something that was well worthwhile which was my uncle but my goal was I'm going to find the, you know, where they, there's the gimmick in what these people are claiming. And then I'm going to say, look, we had a look, but, you know, I don't want your hopes to be built up for nothing. But what happened was from the very first night I started looking into it, I just didn't stop for the next three to four months every single day. Because what I started finding out was, oh, my God, the human body has got absolutely everything within itself to heal itself from anything. Most people don't know that as humans, we kill cancer cells, viruses, bacteria, every day as part of our cycles with natural processes, which don't involve any powerful medicines that disrupt the, the balance within our body. Because funnily enough, as woo-woo as some of this might sound to some, we are energetic beings. We are made mm-hmm. of electric. Mainstream science and medicine will tell you that. So it's not too far-fetched to start actually elaborating on that. Oh, if we're energy, and a lot, of, a lot of it comes from up here, maybe we can start looking at things slightly different to get a different um, reaction, should we say. So anyway, I started looking into a, a particular part of the human anatomy, which is called the endocannabinoid system. I studied it religiously, still do. Um, I'm eight years into it now, but back then, basically, so we started working with some natural medicine, um, at that point, I, I still wasn't taking any notice of my spirituality, that side uh, that I've been gifted with, as well, and something we've all been gifted with, by the way, because we're all spiritual. Uh, but I, I, my awakening happened through the abuse as a child and I'd never grabbed it. But anyway, around that time, things were starting to happen. Too many coincidences, which we'll get onto how we've been robbed of that word as well, because just for the record, <laughs> coincidence derives from an ancient Latin word of coincidere or coindere even which actually means perfect fit so when people say when that magic happens and you go oh that's just a coincidence yes it's a coincidence <laughs> and appreciate it because it's a perfect <laughs> fit that you're experiencing people so anyway all these things started happening and uh, falling into place and to quickly nutshell my uncle's story my uncle Laurie two and a half or three months ago turned 70 so mm-hmm. beautiful ending to that story so after Laurie, what was interesting was I, I wasn't, I was completely anti-religion because of what my dad had done with the battering of the church. And then of course what happened afterwards with the abuse and doubt through the church. So I was so against anything like that. However, the big hypocrite in me started praying. I was like, look, if this works for my uncle, I promise I'll tell other people about it. Of course it worked for my uncle. And then the ego hit me like, I ain't going around what cancel starting saying, look, guys, there might be another. <laughs> I didn't know how to broach that subject. So I honestly, I didn't say anything for a few months. Then long story short, um, a mechanic that came to my house one day, lovely young bloke. We just got on really well. He was fixing my car. He took a phone call outside and I just watched. I literally watched the energy drain from this guy's face and his body. And he basically said that I said, I said, you know, you're, you're okay. And, um, he said, yeah, I just took a phone call from my girlfriend and her, her favourite aunt has just been 
has just given up on the chemo and she's mm. uh, basically a few weeks to live, blah, 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 blah. So it was like a big finger pointing at me, like, now's your chance. Like, if you're going to bottle it now, it, the voice was almost saying, this is an obligation, all right? You've, you've dodged it mm-hmm. for a few, like, near enough a year. Now, you, now you've got to do something. So I subtly said, well, I've kind of heard of this. I didn't make it about me at all. Have, have you looked into this? But the more I was talking, the more it was coming out, the more it was becoming quite obvious that I had some information that he might need. So anyway, I started working with that lady. And when I met her in the October, all them years back, um, she'd, 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 she had three beautiful daughters, five lovely grandchildren. I got to know the whole family. And this was a big lesson for me about protecting energy as well. Mm-hmm. So... I really got, as I'm sure anyone can imagine, if all of a sudden you're, you know, you're not working with your family anymore, so there's an extra pressure because there's, there's pressures that come with it that, you know, self-doubt, what if it doesn't work? What if Laurie was my uncle was just a, and any, you know, it was just a fluke, you know, just a, an a, a act of God, whatever. So anyway, started working with this woman who had given up on everything. And again, just to not sell this story so we can get moving on, the February of that year after working with me for, from the October, she started the medicine in the November. She'd done it by the end of February. She got the all clear from the, the breast cancer. So then that was just that, oh my God, wow. this is incredible. So things started picking up. However, what was happening was the more people I was working with, I was getting so involved emotionally in them and giving them all my energy mm-hmm. that I was actually coming home drained and my family was suffering. And it actually affected my marriage. And it actually took me to a really dark place because at this point, I still hadn't dealt with being abused. I still hadn't dealt with um, losing a son. And what I realized was I'd been chucked into all of a sudden this environment where I was working with humans that have been told, we're really sorry, you know, we've tried our best, but now we can't do anymore. So it's, you know, so up your affairs. So they're basically been told they're going to die. And I was all, what I now realized was I was sitting in front of these people who was roaring these truths because their ego had gone. Ego had gone yeah. now. Once you've been told you're going to die, trust me, your ego's gone. I see you later. I've, I've bested you your whole life, but I'm off now. And you're left with your soul. And I've seen it from people all over the world, me and Harry worked with, and it's the same every time. But what happened was all of this truth that was hitting me, I couldn't take it. And I had a mm-hmm. breakdown, and this is where I reached out. This is where me and Harry had already reconnected <laughs> at this point, and me was having chats about the usual stuff, but then I was also noticing within our chats, that don't sound like the Harry I know, like just the way he'd be talking about certain things. And mm-hmm. again, my ego saying, oops, oops, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've hit my... Typical, that's authenticity for you. Um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was sort of trying to get you. So I'm, I'm sort of suffering with life and with all this pain and trying to get help. I've got my mate who my soul's telling me, funny enough, just to touch on, me and Harry, like I said, we was apart for 12 years. And all the people, Harry, that we knew at that time, you're the only person, as you know, that I'd stayed in contact with. So much my soul. My wife kept saying, what is it with Harry? Why do you keep saying, I said, I don't know. But there's exactly. something with Harry. So <laughs> Something about right, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Say again, Harry. The night you met your wife, I was at that uh, bar. Yes, bar. you was. Oh. Yes, yes. And that's when you was in your party oh. days, mate, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but wow. anyway, so there was always this connection with Harry. So at this time, and 
Harry hadn't told me initially, or again, you probably had told me, but because I was such an egotistical prick at the time, I probably <laughs> didn't resonate when you told me, oh, I'm a life coach now, because you still had your gyms. So in my head, it was still Harry running the gyms. Mm-hmm. But then as I was talking to Harry, I, I just remember, I say it's all the time, it always comes up in my story. I said to him at some point, why fucking talk like Yoda? He's got this new way of talking. It was all like, you know, and there's the trees and the birds and the air. It was this <laughs> calm presence that I was like, and the thing was, it was jarring because a lot of what he was saying was making sense, but it was like, in my head, my ego said, no, that's not the role you play, Harry. Give me Harry mm. back. It's not those little Harry that used to look up to me. So what happened was, eventually, my it came to a really sticky point, actually, because Harry, that's when we also started another business with the other two lads which was a real testing that's another story but that we was put into an environment together now so I'm dealing with that then me and Harry are starting up a new venture together with two other people which got really poisonous really quickly and it was at that mm-hmm. point I said to Harry right you need to coach me basically yes wow. and that's how the journey started with, with cancer and then leading on to Harry joining me uh, in working with these people now for the last good few years. It's actually been, um, just to sort of give you a timeline, me and Harry have been working together with the people that have been ill. It was before 2020, wasn't it, Harry? That's been about 2018? Well, James mentioned the truth part, alternative ways of looking at things. So James mm-hmm. told me about endocannabinoid system a long time ago. So I okay. got quite... Harry, I got, I, I can got I interrupt quite, you? Oh, yes, sure. <laughs> Endoclavonoid system. Briefly explain what that is for the listener. <laughs> right, do you want me, can I take this one, Hazzy, yeah? Right, so this is my thing, and this is what people, listen, kids, uh, sorry, parents, tell your children about this system. So we're all aware of, and I'm just as a relevance, we know we've got a muscular system, a skeletal system, a spiritual, we, a respiratory system. We know we're made up of systems that have got specific functions to themselves. Well, guess what? We've got this amazing foundational system that sits right at the bottom which is made up of like a spider web of thousands of receptors called the endocannabinoid system which has got a beautiful purpose which is to seek and achieve homeostasis within the body Mm. now for those who don't know what homeostasis mean in layman's terms it's perfect balance so it's not responsible for making you feel amazing and great and right, go, go, go. And it's not responsible for taking you to down in the dumps where you just want to end it. It just wants you to act and perform from an energetic, spiritual perspective, just as you are, just being. Now, what is the relevance with cancer? So we've got this process that the body again, just shows you how incredible the body is. And even this, this is even when you're sick, the body's trying all the time to do this, but making it specific to cancer cells, there's a natural body process called apoptosis, which again, mm-hmm. I strongly recommend if anybody's interested in cancer or you're looking, you're, you know, you're, you're not quite sure that what you're being told by these white jackets is, is sitting well with you. Start empowering yourself on what your body already does. So you've got this system, like I said, that's made up of these thousands and thousands of CB1 and CB2 receptors. It's a regulatory system. So what happens is when an imbalance takes place wherever in the body, the CB receptors, whether it be two or one, fires off a little, hey guys, we need some attention over here. We just need to be acknowledged by the mainframe to distribute some of our own 
endocannabinoids, which we do produce, one of the main ones that recognizes ananidine, to help in regards to cancer, find and seek, and this is where the beauty of the body, and this is what, this is what science will never get over the human body. When you go in for mainstream medicine, and to later, I don't need to tell you anything about this, mm-hmm. you can tell me all about this, is there is always an acceptance that we're not just going to get that area. We're yeah. going to take quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, over the course of time, there may be some side effects. And there's quite a long list normally when you look into these things. Now, with mm-hmm. apoptosis and the way the body works, the body, even if it's one singular cellular inflammation, which is how cancer starts, which is how most ailments and sicknesses start, mm-hmm. is through cellular inflammation. But if we're going to strip it back, it's down to energy, spirituality, and trauma. But anyway, we'll get to that. Is with the way the body works, is endocannabinoid system, the receptors fire off the message. The troops come along. They find the sick cell and only the sick cell or sick cells with an instruction, which is what apoptosis is defined as, to commit suicide. That's Mm -hmm. it. It's an incredible process. You can go online. You can find videos, although they tend to take them down for some reason, where they show you in a lab environment where they actually show you how it works. It's incredible. Your bodies are incredible. Just know that. Thank you so much, James. And Harry, back to you. Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to make sure the listeners got that information. Going to say it's important so what what fascinated me about it is that i've spent so much time studying biology i work i go to all these different education platforms and scientists don't even know about the endocannabinoid system so back then it was very hard to get the information now there's ted talks on it and there's loads of doctors around the world that will tell you about it so it's a lot easier to find so i found it fascinating because i was working with clients who had family members that had cancer so I had all this new download of information that James had been telling me. And James reached out to me at a point where he was drained. And I obviously had this whole new transformation, not just the title of life coach. I had been life coach myself and my whole journey had changed. That I took a lot of control of learning about me and, and applying that and seeing the results instantly. And the conversations me and James were having, it was like, oh, have you tried this? Or focus out on your energy. And there was little, few little things that I remember telling about meditation and just the face that <laughs> when I first introduced him to it. And fast forward that uh, now is that he had all the gifts and all the experience. I had a lot more uh, experience with human behaviors and health, obviously, from a PT background. So we're just vibing off each other, bouncing off each other. We tell a story. This is what happened today. What about if we looked at it this way? How would this look? What about this information? And again, it was just constantly sharing and bouncing off each other to the point where it started working in terms of James coming back saying, my energy. And I feel a lot more empowered when I'm doing these uh, calls and not coming off it completely drained. I was the complete opposite. I'm absolutely buzzing from the session. So... It was, a, it was a really interesting period. And I think what uh, we both realized that together we were very powerful and mm-hmm. we both loved helping people. We both had stories to tell, which we were a lot more open with speaking now. And then it got to a part where last year COVID hit and we had a conversation and <laughs> I said, James, mate, you should become a life coach. 
Like everything you're doing is, is screaming out for you. And James, I'll let you take over this part. <laughs> so at this point, I had a good job with a good income and I was the only income <laughs> in the family because the way it was set up when me and my wife got together, it wouldn't have mattered who got the better income out two of us because we was both working, but it was whoever gets the better income, once we have kids, one of us is parenting. We're not going to give our kids to somebody else to look after. So point being irrelevance. I am justifying to my wife why I'm quitting my career uh, <laughs> in sales with a good salary, everything's pushed me, to, um, to become a life coach. And the truth was, I wasn't even convinced about becoming a life coach. As you know, as I actually said, look, I, I had no, which is funny now, because I can say it with pride now, because there's no ego attached to it. I'd been helping all these people with cancer and other sicknesses, and I, I had the confidence to do that. But to, to give it a label, a life coach, I was just, again, bearing in mind, I've still not dealt with being abused or losing a child. So these, and there is such a relevance to that part of my story and cancer and being sick in general, because there is such a lot of evidence now that suggests that most sicknesses, especially cancers, manifest from traumas you don't deal mm. with energy you don't flush out and remember yes. anyone who's going oh that's woo woo science mm. tells us we're energetic beings so piss off with that attitude but basically mm. so at that point <coughs> um sorry i digressed a bit there Hazza. um what was <laughs> i saying you, you wasn't watching course at the time yes that was it yeah. sorry yeah thanks i basically was I, I couldn't, I, I didn't see myself good enough to be a coach because mm -hmm. in my, my ego to coach you, you've not even dealt with all the stuff you need to deal with. So I was going on that course because I'd seen the change in Harry. I wanted to get the change. Like I wanted to know what, what, what changed? How did you get the change for the better that you experienced? I want that. So I, and I set my intention, as you know, Harry, at the beginning of the course, it wasn't to become a life coach. It was to find out about myself. And then mm -hmm. I said, if, if by the end of this course, I'm happy with myself, then maybe I'll be willing to sit down in front of somebody else and say, oh, maybe I can help coach you. So that, that's why, um, yeah, that's, that's why mm -hmm. I looked into coaching at the that's time. Great. That's great. Yeah, that's so it's so interesting how it all kind of comes together eventually if you let it. Yeah. And thank God it worked because I think my wife would have divorced me if I didn't start making <laughs> any money. <laughs> and what is your definition of coaching? Because I think everyone has a little bit of a twist on their idea of what coaching is. So um, Harry, if you want to start first um, by explaining yeah. what your definition of coaching is? Well, first of all, the, the best job in the world is something now that I love, and I can speak for James too. It, it's what we're made for. It is our purpose. And for me, coaching, a lot of people associate it with having a problem, therapy, and you need to fix something. Coaching doesn't really go back into the past. Coaching kind of gets where are you at right now and where do you want to go? And what I love about coaching is giving people a voice. And you'll see when we are talking, completely neutral. Still there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and when we are um, with our clients, we give them a, a platform to actually tell their story. Like there's no judgment, there's no interrupting, you're just listening. 
And the beauty of that, to, to start with, when you're meeting a stranger and trying to open up to someone, that's difficult. Like telling your story and, and, and worrying what other people are going to say or, or think, which happens to us every single day in our lives. And you see, as the conversations start uh, transpiring and over time, you just start seeing a completely different person. And what I believe coaching is, is allowing people to actually be okay with their self, be okay with their story, but also now start letting go of all the limiting beliefs that they built up, make them aware of that, to then start focusing on a life that we actually do deserve. And a question that comes all the time, how many people in life do you know that are generally happy? Mm -hmm. It's difficult to find people where you can say they're happy. And, and then the second one too, that which is even more rare, how many people do you know generally happy and have a game plan for life? Mm -hmm. And, and what we start realizing is once you start giving people that space to actually think ahead and then not, not only think it, not only believe it, they know that they can then achieve that. And you just see this completely different outcome, not just for this individual, but their whole family, their whole friends, and also the journey that they take with it because they do leave people behind. So life coaching for me empowers people to, for people to be themselves, to sit, share their story, but to start pushing forward in life and thriving. Wonderful, wonderful. You touched on being truly happy. What I found is that a lot of people are not sure what happiness truly is. And so is that something that you work with when you are working with your clients? Do you guys come up with what the definition of happiness is for that person or just in general? Because that could be um, a tough thing for people to really grasp. It's like, what is happiness? What is that? <laughs> well, for, for me, happiness is overcomplicated. And happiness, we always seek the external world. So whatever's in front of us, that person makes me happy. That thing makes me happy. If you really think about what is happiness, it's a feeling inside our body. And we're so detached from our feelings because we're so caught up in our thoughts. And when you start getting people to think of a loved one and just close their eyes and smile and they sit with that happiness feeling, they start understanding what that actually is. And then all of a sudden that feeling becomes a lot more familiar. And then you get people to start flicking between their feelings. So they're in control of everything that happens. And I think also giving people the space to, to not have the restrictions. So what would it look like if... What happens if we just change that one? What would it look like if you went down that direction? And people just don't know what happiness is because there's no experience from it. And this is why learning is so important and listening to stories like yourself. When other people have experienced a new way of doing something, can you start saying, wow, then you give it a go and start applying it to your own life and you see the benefits straight away. Then our goals keep changing. Then we can start striving for more. But it's that first uh, step of actually making a change, going into the unknown, which is really scary for most people, it's fearful. Mm -hmm. And once they start putting something in place that they come up with, they haven't been told this time, they've decided to, with a game plan, they've stuck to and it works. And then all of a sudden it is infinite possibilities. I like that definition. I like that. <laughs> and James- That's amazing. Yeah, he's left me laughing today. Oh, James, James, what? I, I'm going to shine his shoes at this point. That was amazing, as I well done. Exactly. Like you've left nothing, so you, 
you've made me dig deep here. So yes, so I actually go by the title as soul coach uh, as well. So because um, wow. what, and this is the important thing about coaching. This well, again, this is mine and Harry's take on coaching. Anyway, is um, with therapy, you sort of you get bracketed as a therapist with you know your psychologist or whatever it is. You get sort of put into you know you, you've got boundaries of parameters mm-hmm. of this is what I deal with. And as Harry said, I mean the uh, the most um, for me what what I didn't understand about therapy so much was like you said you know Harry, it, it, it takes people back. Yeah. to the painful place to start with and what does that do straight away that breaks the foundation that person knows about the badness and the broken place but to start there that and like uh, uh, i mean it's interesting that some of our clients that we work with are are like my background very low-key like football like woo, nah, nah, build up types and i always <laughs> say the same thing to them when as in life you know you're in the building trade you name me anything you can ever build if your foundation's broken. You can't. You mm-hmm. have to start from a place that, in coaching, because it's a two-way street where both of you feel that you've got your two foot on solid ground. So with coaching, and what I love about coaching is when people sit in front of me, the first thing I make sure they feel from me is just how incredible I know they are, just how wonderful they are, how loving, how much their story has meaning, not only to them, but my ears, my ears, which are the gateway to my soul. My soul wants to hear your story. And with coaching, what you get to do is you get to sit down with two sets of energies that come together and just feel okay with it. You're in, a, you're in an equilibrium. I'm not above you. I've not got a book. I'm not taking notes. I'm sitting here and we're going to have an amazing conversation where I am listening to everything you're saying. Because the truth is, most of us have hardly any people in our lives that when we're talking to them, are actually mm-hmm. really listening to yes. what we're saying. And it's not because they're bad people or they don't love us or anything else. Because it goes back to what I now, from my experience, which I think is the most important thing, which is outweighs book smart all time, is experiential knowledge, is I've experienced in life, you've got two aspects to this human being. You've got the soul and you've got the ego. That's Mm -hmm. it. Now, and people, you know, people try and get technical. Please get technical with me on this because every (laughs) single bad decision you've made in your life that you've regretted has been an egotistical decision. Mm -hmm. Every decision you've made from your soul, from your value, your core value energy place, where even times where normally you would have gone with a crowd, but something has said, no, I'm not having it. No, I'm set. And then you feel amazing afterwards. And funny enough, you trigger a serotonin boost in your bloodstream as well. That's your soul. Point being, with coaching, we sit down and we will within a couple of minutes show you how much noise you've got going on up here, which you don't have to pay any attention to anymore. Because back to my point about people not really listening, it's because, and again, science, I can give you the name of many, many scientists uh, that look at, are trying to even quantify the role our soul now plays in healing, mental health, and, and even in the name, mental health, mental, yeah. that's not physical, that's not touch, that's, that's energy, it's spiritual. My point is, people don't listen because they're normally thinking about, oh, I've got to do the shopping. Oh, such and such come around tomorrow. Oh, that 
they're always thinking about something that's either already happened, which they'll end up worrying about. And you think how, mm-hmm. you know, if you label people as mental health, which funny enough, I've been trained in mental health for years. And that after training in the books of mental health, you start realizing every single person in this planet is mentally ill by definition, because we're <laughs> yeah. all talking to ourselves all the time in our heads, all the time. Mm. I don't care who you are. And for the people that have sat at home there and gone, what's he talking about in their head? That's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. We all do it. All right. And by definition, that's not mentally healthy. However, if you start becoming aware of your ego, of what's going on inside, and it's an amazing journey, all of a sudden, and back to the people that, sorry, keep digressing, but with the people not listening, is because they're living in an egotistical plane on their heads. They see, like I said, worrying about the past, or then even better, they start becoming mind readers and worrying about stuff that's not even happened yet. What happens is the people in your life don't end up taking any notice when you're talking. And that's for most of us as well. And that's nearest and dearest for a lot of us. So what happens is you start suppressing your voice and the people we coach and what we found, and it's from not just people that are sick, but the people that we've worked with that are sick. I mean, you tend to get Harry Dinkley straight away, just truth. It's just truth comes out because the ego, they just, they get rid of. But just your people, your normal people in general that are, are just feeling a little bit lost. All you have to do with coaching is actually show them that funnily enough, their voice is worth yes. being heard, okay? Their story can actually inspire and help so many other people, okay? And guess what? You don't have to pay attention to all them stupid thoughts that you let govern your life and keep you in a state of comparison, always looking on social media for people that have got more than you. That's what we do. And making this relevant to healing is mm-hmm. there's amazing people like Dr. Christiane Northrup, look her up, Professor Wayne Dyer, Eckhart Tolle, Professor Raphael Mishulip, Dr. Christina Sanchez. That's 200 years worth of award-winning experience in medicine who have come full circle and will now tell you all true healing from every point and aspect starts from your spiritual inner being of actually just starting off by saying, do you know what? I'm James. I'm happy with being James. And that's enough. And that's mm-hmm. what coaching is all about. That is so true. You have covered so much in that um, explanation. I really think it's important the way that you said that you start with your clients and you start by telling them how amazing they are. And I think that's so important because a lot of times we go through life hearing people tell us how we're not good enough. We didn't do this right. You didn't do this on time. You didn't, you know, it's all these things you didn't do or all these things you are not, or people are telling you you're just a bad person or whatever that is. But I think it's so important to sit down with people and say, hey, you're amazing just the way you are. Because I think that starts to take down the wall a little bit because they're finally hearing something different. You're worthy, I'm listening to you, you matter. And all of those things are so important. So thank you so much for sharing that. And the other thing is, Harry, I don't know if you wanna add to this. James touched on how ego plays a part in healing. Is there anything that you wanna add about the ego in terms of the healing process? I would go, so, if you say everyone knows what an ego is, especially when we go down a spiritual path, people kind of shy away. But if you say everyone knows what an ego, 
So if you if you say what the opposite of ego, Google tells you uh, differently, but the opposite of ego is your soul. So your soul is always telling you the answer. It's always screaming out. And just to give you a few examples, which I always use, is that uh, when you're lying, your soul knows you're lying. Your heart starts beating. You get sweaty. Your voice starts trembling. That's your soul saying, you're lying. If you drop rubbish on the floor, you know what you've done is wrong. You get that little reminder. So there's something in us that's telling us. And we don't have to use the word soul. That's your intuition, too. We, we get that inkling sometimes of, I should have done that, or I know to do that. So it's the soul's telling you the ego is the distractor, the imposter. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think, like, James narrowed it down to ego and soul. But also, you said, like, living in the past. We've got past, present, and future. The past is gone, but the ego still holds on to that as an identity. That's gone now. And what we like to encourage people is that's your story. The fact that you've gone through all that, that's incredible. And look where you are right now. So it's to let go of the past, but take your teachings from it because we can learn from it. And it's what we're going to go and do forward after. But we spend too, too much time drifting between past and um, future. We're not paying attention to where, where we are right now. So it's, it's to really give yourself the space to listen to your soul and trust that gut feeling. And the coach also then allows you to express how you're feeling and give you that little confirmation. Just just go, like if, that, if that's what you're feeling. And I think that's what I love about it. It's that, that's that battle. So ego can be determined as something negative, but it's also your teacher. Without it, you, you, we, we can't make these good decisions going forward. Mm -hmm. Can I just add okay. one thing? Sorry, Taleb, which is, mm -hmm. you made me think of actually, Harry. Um, again, just to, with your question being about it playing a part with, with healing. I'm going to actually show you, and again, please go and have a look at this as well. I mean, we've heard what I'm about to say. We've all heard of anyway. So with your ego, as you, Harry, false imposter, perfect. That's what it is. It's, it's that part of you, which is always to tell you, you aren't actually enough or good enough or what else. Now, what happens is, obviously, bear with me on this. This is very layman. So if we're telling ourselves, self-persecution is the ego's trump card. It does it to us all the time. Now, when mm -hmm. we're being hard on ourselves, what happens? You feel down. OK, what happens when you feel down inside your body? Well, funnily enough, just like when you go to the gym or you're in a great mood, uh, you know, and you're feeling fine. We've got some chemicals, endorphins, serotonin and dopamine that get released, which make us feel fantastic. Mm -hmm. When we're egotistically beating ourselves up, there's another chemical we release, which has neopeptides flood through the system and actually attack the body, especially around the gut which is why these days you've got so many of these autoimmune diseases, okay? Guess what, people? This stems from your spirit. And let me give it to you the way mainstream medicine tells you. Stress is the biggest yeah. killer. So what's stress? <laughs> what is stress? As your negative ego, it's a full process. So again, get up to speed, because once you start getting your head around what your ego is first, address your ego before you even look at your soul. Why? Because unfortunately, your ego's up here. Your soul's been pushed down into the places where you store a lot of your pain. And in females, Christian Norfolk will back me up on this. You, because your anatomy is so incredible and you've got so much going on, you store your pain body in your female areas of pleasure, believe it or not, which is why so many women have so many issues in those areas. Look into this. This has been proven time and time over. So again, by thinking 
negative thoughts, which is, as we've established by now, negative thoughts mm -hmm. don't come from your soul. So it's your ego. So your ego makes you sick, in other words. That's true. I believe that. I, I really believe that. And then also taking it back to what you said earlier with trauma and all these different things, <coughs> negative things that have happened to us that we don't deal with and we suppress that. And even though we think that we suppress it, it's actually growing. <laughs> it's actually growing. We just can't see it, but we're constantly feeling that. And it's, it's doing something to our body as well as our mind. So all great points. You guys mentioned um, that you're sharers and you shared this with me before. Please explain to the listeners what a share is. I'll let you go on this one, James. <laughs> I love you. So basically, <laughs> it's been called, and it's very nice, and don't get me wrong, and, and it, it's still, listen, by the way, just for the record, I, I can't talk for you, Harry, but I'm not claiming to be an ego Yoda. I get things wrong all the time. So I'm not saying I've got rid of my ego. I'm aware of it, but point being, so I slip up all the time. Now, when people we've worked with have had incredible results and they start going, oh, you're a healer. And my ego goes, oh, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, is, and we had a really good conversation about this, Harry, didn't we? I mean, we backed them for We Men has actually great combos where we go and we challenge each other, which is really important. And when we were talking about how that feels in pick, and, and it didn't sit well with me, just like being called a life coach didn't sit well with me, like the label of it. So we came up with it, and I can't remember who said it, it was doing a joint thing. I said, but one of us said, yeah, we're sharers. And, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, because all we do is we've shared, we've, we've, between the two of us, Harry, I'm proud to say we've got, because the stuff that we researched prior to looking into health, this all ties in to the health. This is the part of our package when we, like I said, it's very multifaceted. If you're truly going to heal, You've got to undo a lot of damage. That damage has come at you from a multifaceted angle. So you've got to go back that way. So it is all tied in together. But what we do is we share information. It's just taken us a long time to get our head around. More importantly, it's experiential information because we're taking it. My greatest teachers, Harry, I will talk to you. Our greatest teachers over the last, with you involved five or six years, have been the people that we've worked with that have, have been told that they haven't got much left. That's mm. where my lessons have come from. Mm -hmm. Because you talk to them people, everything that comes out of their mouth is meaningful, is a teaching, and it just hits you. You get hit with truth bombs all the time. So my point is, I'm sharing information from people. In some cases, God rest their soul, they're not here anymore. Some cases, they still are here. But this is information that we've now shared with someone else, and lo and behold, yeah. they've had a good result. So what are we? We're sharing. Mm -hmm. And you keep it going. Because they tell somebody and on and on. And also with the sharing information, when you've only got, you, let's say that you do get diagnosed and straight away there's this fear, you've got cancer. And then all of a sudden the next words that come out of the doctor's mouth is you need to act now. And then mm -hmm. after that, death comes into it. That's very fearful. And like James said, stress. Your body is already in fight or flight before you've even had a chance to even process this. And with all that's one dimension. What we do, well, we're not saying don't listen to these people, don't. What we're doing is, right, go and have a look at this as well. But what it does, it allows people to have 
multiple things that they can look at, which then gives them the power back to make a more informed choice. The worst thing about healing is that a lot of the time we're making these decisions and we don't know, we don't know what's going on. It's the same mm -hmm. in the personal trainer world where I watch trainers tell their clients what to do. The client doesn't know that they don't know the process. So sharing information is giving people this platform to go and research this self, apply it to their life, but also then say, actually, I feel a lot more confident now to make this decision because I've done my own research. So it's, it's a really powerful concept. We help people by giving them information to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. And one thing you said there, sorry, Terry, about the choice, because that for me is what I've come to realize. There is no greater gift you can give anyone in life than a choice by sharing information that they didn't know because all of a sudden you've opened up a world to give them what we always have to have. Because again, even from a child, you know, I watch with my, my, my children all the time. In their world, when I take something off of them, I've taken away a choice. And you can see the disdain in their little <laughs> souls. It's like, daddy, how dare you? <laughs> because it is at our soulful level, we need a choice because a choice is empowering. We deserve yes. a choice. And then you, like you said, Harry, perfectly better than I did, you've given them something that they can then actually empower themselves to start doing something for themselves. Because guess what? If you're not going to be in it from the beginning as, all right, it's my time now, then it's not, you're not going to heal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Having that choice is so important and having that information and being able to digest that information and then make your own educated and informed decision, that's the best thing you can do for yourself because then you're more confident about moving forward and you're more confident in your healing, whatever that looks like for you. So yes, empowerment and giving people choices and sharing, they're all important. And before we wrap up, gentlemen, I always like to ask my guests two questions. The first question is, what is something that you've learned in life that you would like to share with the listeners? And Harry, we can start with you. Yeah, um, working around death. When you get to understand what death is, uh, I've done a soul midwife course and you'll meet 99% of soul midwives now that are all spiritual because there's stages to die in. And, and when, when death is approaching and death is a part of someone's world, everything else just lets go. Like the actual meaningful things come through. But when we understand what meaningful things are, we don't have to wait till we get to that point of suffering or to that uh, close to death. We can start now and start enjoying life. So we live life every single day, which means we should celebrate every day. We can live and, and uh, prosper every single day. So I just think it's understanding death, which is hidden from us. Like literally in the Western world, we don't see any part of that. It's a scary thing. You put them in a coffin, they go away. If you did see the body, they've got makeup on, so it's not even their real self, mm. but it's hidden. But if you understood the process, not only for the person that is going through that, but the family too. When people grieve, they can let go, they can accept, they can celebrate. Whereas what we have, dealt with before is there's a lot of pain that comes with it and I think it's just allowing people to understand that whole process as one unit and then you start realizing how incredible human beings are and when you start realizing how human how incredible human beings are you realize how incredible you are 
And that's mm. the most powerful gift that you can have because after that, you're unstoppable. That is definitely a gift, yes. And James, how about you? For me, be randomly kind to yourself and everyone around you. Randomly? Kind. <laughs> randomly Just kind. Just be kind. Just be kind all the time. Choose to be kind as your go-to. That's, like that, that has been my biggest lesson. And you know, there's so much truth in that because when you learn to be kind to yourself and give yourself grace, you are able to give that to other people a little bit easier as well. Um, we are so hard on ourselves and a lot of times we're our own worst critic. And I truly believe, especially after talking with you guys today, where does that go back to the ego? And so just learning how all these things are interconnected and how they work is so important to healing. And just my... Sorry, just uh, when you talked about kind and you said the ego, if you're not happy with yourself, just speak to your soul through the mirror instead. Go and appreciate your soul today. Go and, uh, go and say, I love your soul, because your soul will start celebrating. And, and that's a really powerful thing. If you're not happy with yourself, just go talk to your soul. It's completely different. It's living inside you. That is and great. Just, talk to, just to make, sorry, just to give an example of that, Harry, you know what's coming. Just so people know, like I said, what me and Harry have shared, I promise everybody, it's all stuff that we either still doing ourselves or have done ourselves. What Harry just said there, I've got this thing, whenever I'm really down and my kids have walked in when I've done it in the bathroom and thought, what is dad doing? Well, I'll go <laughs> right up to the mirror because if you go right up to the mirror so close, what happens is eventually your eyes sort of goes into one and I will literally start, stare there and tell myself, I am happy, I am kind, and I love you. And it feels amazing. And it probably sounds weird to your ego, but do it and mean it. And all of a sudden, you feel yourself switch on inside. Because that's all your soul wants is acknowledgement. That's it. Just acknowledge it. Did you listeners hear that? Acknowledge your soul. When you're feeling down, acknowledge your soul. Go look in the mirror and repeat those things that James just said. I love you. And James, can you repeat that, please? Yeah, I just let me go in and I say, <laughs> I, am, I am happy. Or I'll, I'll say, I always say, I'm happy. <laughs> I am here or I am present and I love you. Just that, that's it. It's just, the, and you, your mantras can be whatever you want, but telling yourself you're happy and telling yourself you're kind, your mind, so your soul listens to what you've just told it and it's what it knows. See, your soul is not like your ego. Your soul is love, kindness, joy, happiness, uh, kisses. It's all the lovely stuff in life that when, funny enough, you are dying, from our experience, is all that matters. And all the regrets is that you didn't do enough of those things. And that's from people from all over the world, and it has that. It's always the same regret is I just didn't express myself how I wanted to. And to express yourself, it has to be a soulful expression. You're not going to express your ego and enjoy it. It's from the soul. So yeah, it's so important. Acknowledge yourself. Wonderful, wonderful. And my final question is, what's next for you guys? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
is we, we've got so much happening at the moment. I think for me and James, it's, it's to connect with amazing people like yourself and, and to get our story out around the world, but also to hear other people's stories. Um, we want to build in our practice now and, and work with people and, and give them another alternative, another choice to start thriving. And we've also released a number of workshops, which we would like to elaborate on, but I'm going to leave the main one to James to finish because it's our <laughs> market plan we want to do. Um, are we talking a retreat or? experience. Yeah. what, sorry? The joint experience. Oh, oh yes. Oh, the, oh, the, the end goal. Okay. Oh, so we're disclosing that now, are we? Okay. Okay. Well, now we are throwing it out there. All right. Cool. All right. So the end goal is, is quite simply to be standing on stage with Harry, with a stadium full of people, it not being about us, but actually sharing. Because me and Harry also trained in meditation. And that's a big part of it as well. And actually sharing with thousands and thousands of people, with us, doing it with them, taking them through one of our meditation experiences, uh, which we do with our clients, which we do with each other, which never fails in producing the most wonderful, wonderful energy. Um, so yeah, next, the, the actual, the end game for us is to be talking to thousands and thousands of people. And most importantly, and Harry, you know, I said this from the start, I can't wait to make Loads and loads and loads and loads of money. That sounds egotistical because you know why? Because I'm going to give away loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of money to people that really freaking need it. That's what I want to do. I want to be part of that world where we go back to the olden days where you got yeah. two apples, I've got two pears. Let's do some business. We work yes. together. It's all about community. That's what it's all about. And one thing I just want to say quickly, which isn't to do with your question, but to emphasize to your listeners the importance of sharing information. So your story blew us away last week, Talaya, and talk about mm -hmm. for me, and me and Harry always say this, once you're in this world as well of, of just being aware of what's going on, not being cynical to coincidences and actually say, oh, it's a coincidence, <laughs> great, there's another one. Right, is things start happening. So at the moment, I'm working with a family, a 15 year old girl mm -hmm. with a type of cancer, that, funny enough, I hadn't worked with before either. I've worked with many people with different cancers, but not this particular type of cancer. And mm -hmm. the family's going through a rough time. We're going through coaching, things are going well, but they're getting a lot of pressure from mainstream medicine because they're trying to do things themselves. And they're, not, they're just not being given the information. Anyway, long story short, it turns out that you, <laughs> one wonderful being that you are, and your incredible story, which far outweighs, in my opinion, anything me and Harry have said tonight, because what an experience mm -hmm. and decision and bravery and choice you made. Uh, and look at you now, amazing, beautiful as you are, uh, mm -hmm. to be in a position where I was able to reach out to them parents without even asking your permission. Because I knew mm -hmm. my, for my soul, it had been mm -hmm. egotistical for me to think that you weren't going to help me. I said to these people, look, I've just so happened to be on a podcast with a lady that's overcome what your young beautiful little girl's going through would you be interested reach that to you and now we're going to make that connection yes. and you're going to be part of this girl's journey in healing so that's what i'm saying people that was just by sharing information and that's so important i agree james it's it's so important and it's so important to not be ashamed or afraid to talk about what you've gone through because trust me there's someone else out there that needs to hear what you have to say 
And I truly feel like myself and you guys and a lot of other people out there who have gone through things, we're still here because we're supposed to take what we've been through to help other people. And I, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you, James, for mentioning me to the family. I look forward to talking with them and helping them in the best way that I can. So thank you for that connection. Not at all, thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, guys, it has been such a pleasure talking with you as always. Every time we talk, I learn something new and we just touch on so many important topics. Before we wrap up, please share with the listeners where they can find you if they want to reach out to you, if they have questions. Where yet? Where the, can they find you? <laughs> yeah, so we're not the, the most tech savvy, but on Instagram, we have <laughs> uh, James Mannion coaching, Harry Thomas coaching. And yeah, at the moment, that is there. We, I have a website, Harry Thomas coaching, which has a Lads Talk Health page. We're in the process now of really pushing Lads Talk Health. We've got a number of episodes on all different talks of subjects. And again, to the listeners, like, we are open to speak with anyone and, and we want to hear other people's stories to help. So it, it, it's, a, it's a building process, but we're going in the right direction. Wonderful. Yeah, and just to say on that, for the people that are thinking of reaching out, and, and I know this happens because of the people that we coach, you're... Your first ego, your, your soul wants to talk to us, but your ego wants to challenge us. That's fine. Reach mm -hmm. out to us, challenge us, because that it it needs to it needs to work how you want it to work. You always work, the way it works with coaching. You the coachee is always in control of everything because there's nothing wrong in the way you can think, you can say, and whatnot. Because you have to work through this yourself. So even if it's to reach out, to, no, I heard what you're saying and it's pissed me off because better fine do that let's talk about it and let's see what we can come to we can learn off you as much as you can learn off us wonderful i love that i it's so important to let people know that it's okay for them to come however they are and i believe that's what you just you know really pointed out and explained very well is that hey if you don't agree with what i'm saying that's okay but let's start by talking about it that's how you get started. So thank you so much. Harry, James, it has been such a pleasure once again. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. And I want to give a special shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next Wednesday, let's keep navigating cancer together. Thank you and take care. Cheers, Talayla. Brilliant. Cheers. Thank you. I hope this episode filled you with hope, inspiration, and information. If you enjoyed the content and found it helpful, please leave a review, rating, and subscribe to the show. It will help others find us so we can share this very important information. Thank you so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate your support and join us for the next episode. Until then, let's keep navigating cancer together.